Hello and welcome to Sorella Live. I'm Lila Cuoco Miller. And I'm Elisa Cuoco Zinn. And we are the Cuoco Sisters. A sister team uniting women from all ethnic backgrounds. A ministry dedicated to bringing a message of hope and equipping women to walk confidently in Christ. We are passionate about teaching women just like you how to move mountains by using the Word of God and the power of prayer. So we invite you to come and join us at our table of sisterhood. Hello, everyone. We're back for another Sorella Live. Yeah. And today, I can't help myself. (laughs) We have Kathy Tricoli, the one and only. Woo! Brava, brava. Yes. (laughs) We're just so excited. Okay, Lila, I'm sorry. Finish your intro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you that don't know us, I'm Lila. And I'm Elisa. And we are the Cuoco Sisters. Well, like I said, we're so, so excited. Okay, Um, these summer series guests have been really exciting, but this one we have been waiting for, ladies, for a while. Been waiting. Yeah, we got to meet Kathy through a friend. We're gonna introduce her for real in a minute. But let me tell you, this woman is so much fun, so real, so down to earth, loves Jesus and yes. loves people. She and does loves to share the love of God to those people. I mean, she's the real deal. So we know that you're just going to enjoy this interview today. But before we get started, let's start with, uh, start with a fun question. Okay, go ahead. Lynn. I wanted to know, I just went down to Baltimore with my husband and my kids. He had a work thing. So we decided to go down with him, tag along for an overnight. And somebody was telling me about Baltimore uh, snowballs. They, they, they said, don't, it's like their version of Italian ice. Now, I didn't see them. I didn't get to taste them, actually. I saw them, but I didn't get to uh, taste them. But I thought to myself, I don't like these alternate versions of the Italian ice. It gets on my nerves that they even call Me it Me too. It's on my nerves. So I want to know, Kathy, <laughs> what's something that you really miss in the summer from the East Coast? Oh my gosh. You guys, first, I have to say how fun you are. And <laughs> I did have a blast when we had dinner together and hung out. Oh, we had so much so fun. fun. But looking at the screen, I have to tell you, I feel like it's like a reverse Oreo. <laughs> there's, there's chocolate in the middle and vanilla. <laughs> yes, it is. I feel really Italian in this scenario right now. Maybe we should start the reverse Oreo uh, company. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I'm there used to be right by where I grew up and my sister still lives there, a little ice stand that they did like even chocolate chip ices. And it was really, it was, it was great. Just the lemon ices, the chocolate, but the thing I miss the most, and you guys, I live in Nashville now, whenever I mention New York, they're always, they always think the tight houses, the houses together. Yeah, yeah you know, no trees, just, you know, the, the Bronx, Brooklyn. And I keep telling them I was brought up on Long Island, (laughs) Island. an Island surrounded by water. Right. Like, you know, that makes sense. I know. So I was brought up two miles from the ocean. Oh, right. So in the summertime, people don't realize how beautiful Long Island. So I'm, I miss 
being kind of, they have lakes here, but there's nothing like being by the ocean. So oh, I, no. miss, I miss the sound of those waves and the ocean breeze. I'm going to go home um, in August and I'm going to get some time on the beach, but oh. I miss that the most about Jones Long Beach. The what? Jones Beach you're going to? You know, I have friends and family that have permits. You get a permit and you go out east by... Mm -hmm. I don't, people, your listeners might not be, they'll be familiar with the Hamptons, but it's before that. Okay. Get to drive the car on the beach. You need an SUV, obviously. So there's a limited amount of cars. You park and then it's like a hundred feet to the shore. You set up your stuff and then you drive away. You got to, you know, fix, you know, let the air out of your tires. And yeah. All. I was about to say, you have to do something with your tires. But wow. it's so beautiful. So we bring our breakfast sandwiches and we bring our lunch and oh, one day. Nice. Fourth of July from eight in the morning to late at night. We cooked all day. We went in the ocean and then we did like a little bonfire at night. So beautiful. It's so funny because I've been introduced through the years of, you know, straight from New York City. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I'm a, right. I'm a small town girl in Long Island, you know. Yep. So. Yeah. No, I get that. I love Long Island. We both love well, we have family there. Um, my husband loves Babylon, yeah. like that. Oh, in Babylon, yeah. There you go. Yep, and we yeah. have memories at you know Jones Beach, and it's just a beautiful area. Really, you know, is. so crowd. It's so crowded there now. I'm so glad we get a little spot out east. Um, but when I do go to the the public beaches, it's it's so refreshing for me. Even your accent, you know, where people are talking. You want to go in the water? Let's go in the water. You got the ball, you know. <laughs> it warms my heart with the all the heart. <laughs> But I do, I, think, I do think people try to duplicate Italian food, Italian ices for going from your question. And it's just not the same. It's it isn't. I have to say one thing. I don't want this to like drag on about this whole topic, but I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> it is a sad story that's, when it comes to true. Italian food. That's all I'm going to say. I'll stop. Well, right there. And their cheese is not our cheese. No. I know uh, they're for cheese, right? No. Yeah, it's just, it's really sad. <laughs> I well, can't even eat pizza without saying to myself, it's a treat. It's not pizza. Just say it's a treat it's a and you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you know what, though? It's, I've gotten used to, I've lived here so long, you, you get used to some of the other, you, it's true. You just got to yeah. look at it in a different way. So Right, right. We can't help. Italians, look, look at the first thing we start with. Food. 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 <laughs> I know my kids too with my friends. If I'm having breakfast with them and I'm going to see them at night or we're hanging out, you know, if it's a vacation, yeah. yeah. What do you want to eat tonight? I know it's the best part. Well, I can't the, best part. Yes. <laughs> it's the best part. I know my kids say this, this is, we were, we were driving down the shore and we crossed the bridge. We're, we're on the Island. We're down at ocean city. And this was a couple years ago. And my kids passed a Domino's and they go, Oh, there's a, Domino's, can we go there? And I go, what? They go, we see it on TV. It's called the best pizza. I'm like, it's this not a, it's not the best pizza. We oh. live where the best pizza is. No, we want to go to Domino's. I'm like, we're not going to Domino's ever. I know that's sort of like that scene in Elf where he sees the best coffee in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. come here for the best. That's right. So oh. great. Well, we have this in common with Kathy, but there's so much more. Yes, and we're going to give it a, a proper introduction 
I don't know who doesn't know Kathy Tricoli, but just in case, right? You don't know all the amazing things about this woman of God. I mean, the name alone, Kathy Tricoli, means so many things. And to me, and the short time that I've known you, your name means love and compassion. You are a very warm, loving, compassionate person. You embrace people. And, um, but, but besides that, Kathy Tricoli, or as others may call her KT, has four decades of ministry. And like I said, her passion has always been towards offering comfort and encouragement to others. And she continues to do that. Yeah. KT's numerous accolades include 24 recordings, 18 number one radio hits, 19 Dove Award nominations. Wow two Dove Awards, and three Grammy nominations. Wow. This has done it all. <laughs> but last but not least, as you all know, because we've been talking this morning, she is an Italian woman. And I was going to say before from Brooklyn, New York. So in our conversation, I just realized from Long Island. Yes. Oh. And with that being said, I just had to ask you if you have any favorite memories growing up as an Italian girl. Um, traditions, a family tradition, or maybe a family Sunday tradition, holiday. If you do, share it with us. Well, uh, we moved from Brooklyn to Long Island when I was five years old because okay. we had my mother's sisters uh, with their husbands and kids. And so we had a small corner on Long Island. Oh. The Galellis, Peleches, Esposito's, Tricolis. We, so my favorite memories was us all eating oh. all gravy. The Italians call it gravy and pop, you know, the macaroni and gravy on Sunday. So we all always hung out together. But as far as Brooklyn goes, cause you asked about Brooklyn, I don't have many memories, but um, one thing that was consistent was in the summertime, my grandma Esposito somehow, and you know, the houses are so close together. And there's hardly any place to do a garden. People maybe did basil gardens. Right, right. On tomato, little tomato. Yeah. Somehow a gigantic peach tree grew oh along a fence right behind, right in the back of the house with, a, you know, the driveway split to the garages. And I remember her taking those peaches and cutting them, you know, in the quarters and stuffing them in the mason jars. And then I remember her pouring the red Italian wine, oh. Oh. closing the mason jars Delicious. and putting them in the closet. And then, you know, I didn't know it was like a whole marinating process. And I didn't even, you know, I just remember that it was this big thing that when all the relatives came over, she took, uh, one day she'd take them down from the closet, open them up. And I just remember all the older people being really, really happy. And <laughs> so I wonder I, why. <laughs> you know, I've used that story in the in the sense of as believers that we um, can bloom where we're planted. I mean, yes. got a peach tree. You know, a tree grows in Brooklyn. Peach tree grows in Brooklyn, and um, it was the talk of the neighborhood. It was beautiful. And um, I just encourage, you know, people, because sometimes you're going, you're seeing people, I want to do big things for Jesus, like this woman, like that man. And 
the thing about the Lord's life is that he saw the, the, the lowest to the highest and treated everybody the same. And it was ministry because yeah. he gave them the father constantly through his person. And so a lot of times we'll ignore the people right in front of us because we're looking for the big thing. Right. Being And being about the kingdom right. is mostly in the minutia of the days. It is. So the peach tree reminds me of that. That yeah. is beautiful. I love that. I, I just had to have to add, my grandmother and grandfather in Brooklyn had a peach tree too. Did they really? Yes. And I have a picture of my father holding me and my grandfather, and I'm picking the first peach from the tree. I was like three years, three or four years old. And I, they did, yes. Isn't that funny? I, I have told that story at different times on the platform and I have never heard anybody say they had. So it, it but it was a, it, like you have that lasting memory. I wish I had a picture because it really, really was an amazing thing being in Brooklyn. Right. The truck was pressing against the cement. Right. Right. It had no space to grow, but it grew. <laughs> so. There's always there's always spiritual analogies in the natural, right? Yes. I always speak through the natural to te teach us the spiritual. Yeah, so true. So something true. in that water in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's what they say. We're going to get back to food, but yeah. when I then people go, there's no good bagels around here when they're northerners. I go, it's the water. It's the water. <laughs> it's the water. <laughs> but you know, it's the same in the kingdom. It's the it's the water from heaven. It's the river Amen. of life. You know, that's right. That's right. It's what feeds us and brings us to where we are. That's right. But, Kathy, um, share with share with us what led you to your true passion. How did you end up from Long Island to Nashville? Give us like a quick yeah. little clip of you know how old I is um well i'll make it as short as i can i was i was brought up where we celebrate you know i call myself a priester you went to church on christmas and easter you know oh yes and there was the sense of god there was crucifixes all over the house and um you know i didn't have an understanding of the gospel at all i just thought god was a big being out there and bless me if I was good and punish me if I was bad. Mm. Well, in uh, 1978, I took a summer job at a community pool in Long Island where I, I was in the office and this girl would read her Bible every day. And I'd never seen anyone read the Bible. Never. You guys can understand this. The Bible in my family was like the size of, you know, the living room on an end table. It was, yeah. it was only for the holy people. And so she took it out every day. And I always joke about seeing her highlight. She highlighted and I thought, oh, that's like disrespectful to write in the, you know, all of that. <laughs> right. And, you know, I asked her questions. I was intrigued with her. I asked her questions and, um, I wanted a stumper because when you're not a Christian, you want to feel better about what you believe. So you mm -hmm. try to stump the Christians, but she had a countenance. She had a confidence, all of that. And then um, one day she just, I, she just said, Kathy, you know, I'm not going to be able to answer all your questions, but I just want you to remember that Jesus Christ will be Lord and is Lord, whether you ever accept him or not. Wow. And that week I, she invited me to her church and I prayed, um, for the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to 
to come in my heart that day. And I had, it was radical. I fell in love with him. I, I read through the gospel of John and I, I remember him saying, if you don't understand everything, don't worry, just get to know Jesus. Yeah. I started writing a little music on the piano and guitar my, about my love for him because mm -hmm. I was a club singer. I sang, you know, jazz. My parents had Sinatra and Tony Bennett all, and all the time. And I had no idea there was Christian music out there. Hmm. And um, just started writing my heart to him. And then my um, long story short, the pastor said this group Glad was a big group years ago in Christian music. They were singing at my church. Glad, yes. I want you to do a couple of your songs before him. And I did. And through them, I met Dan Harrell, Mike Blanton, who managed Amy Grant, and Michael W. Smith, and they moved me to Nashville. Wow. So I was literally, I was a, I was literally a national artist as a baby Christian. Amazing. It happened, you know, I sang on Long Island, but every time I sang, three or four churches would ask me. So I, I got the name got my my name got out there quickly. So a lot right. of times when people go, What should I do with my music? And I go, you know, if you just keep on serving where you are, if God wants you at, people will hear you or hear about you. Just keep on doing what you do. You know? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, that really leads up to a great question um, because you've seen the hand of God in your life and um, you've seen the blessings of the Lord upon your life and following your life. But is there a particular moment? Uh, I know that you could probably say moments. Mm. But we're going to say, is there a particular moment in your life where you said, God, that was your hand in my life. I, I know that was you. That was God. Um, well, my both of my parents uh, died of cancer. My mother was 61 of breast cancer. Oh, my father was 46 of colon cancer. Wow. And Sorry. yeah. I didn't get to know my father. I, I wasn't, my mother protected me from his dying process a lot. Um, but when my mother got breast cancer, it was devastating to me. And when it traveled, um, I was at, basically I was at Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York City and I didn't know it had traveled. She was starting to get sick. She had she was free of breast cancer for two years. She kept on getting her checkups. And she was losing weight. Was so anyway, they they went in to operate on her and I got a call from the doctor on the phone. They called me to the desk. You had to wait in the lobby. And they basically said, Your mother's cancer's all over. I mean, it's in her liver, pancreas. Gosh. And I remember I remember girls, I remember just going, Oh no. Oh no. Like in my sister, my one and only sister, my nieces are in their thirties now, but they were little girls. She was going through a divorce. So I was there by myself. It was a cold rainy day. And I walked into, I found the chapel in Sloan Kettering and it was empty. And I threw myself on the pew and I was so mad. I was like, I cannot believe this parent now. I was single. You know, I, I just felt like I was on a mountaintop and just, right. you know, I, I might as well eat, drink and die. Mm. And on the other side was all I'd known Jesus to be. 
And I mean, I was sobbing girls like that ugly oh, sob. But oh, I'll never forget my sound because nobody was in there. It was just oh. And all I heard was, am I not still God? <laughs> and I've actually written a book about this called Am I Not Still God? And it was that whisper that, you know, you're kind of going, really? And then God says it again and again, you know, mm -hmm. am I not still God? And honestly, who wouldn't, especially as a woman, wouldn't want him to show up and embrace me. Right. Right. Wouldn't want him to say, you know what? It looks really bad now, but I'm going to heal your mom. Just hold on. Yeah. Yeah. He asked me a question and I knew before I got up from the pew that I had to answer it. And so I remember through gritted, gritted teeth going, yes, yes, you are. And all I can remember is when I got to my mother's room, she could have gotten an embittered daughter. Mm. But I felt empowered by the choice I made. And that choice for me affected the rest of her year. And as she was dying, she, the, during the process of her cancer, she fell in love with Jesus. Oh. And so, and it's a it's beautiful story, her last dying breath. But, you know, I just want to say to your listeners, how we answer that question on, on the times we go through tragedies in this life and things that are uncomprehensible to us not only affects us, but everyone around us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So my mother, um, and you know, Italians deal with their emotions and their anger. It came over on the boat, you know, so she could have gotten a really angry daughter all year. Right. But boy, I, I prayed for who would see her, who would talk to her. I had good community around me. So, you know, God, God just still works in the dark. The dark isn't dark to him. Yes. Amen. Dark isn't dark to God. The dark isn't dark to God. Wow. That's, right. That's wow. Powerful, powerful story. Wow. Yeah. That is something else. Yeah, she was on her last breath, she fell in love with Psalm 91. She didn't know the word. Oh. So my sister, we were on either side of the bed, and my sister said, Kathleen you know, Psalm 91, she, you know, she was out of it with big breaths. Yeah. I, I just, I, I felt like we were supposed to read Psalm 23. And so I, I opened it up and I just I love, love that song of yours, Psalms 23. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, I did that too in honor of her, but mm -hmm. in the story, but I started saying the Lord is my shepherd. And my mother was breathing that, you know, oh, and she recited the whole psalm with me. And then by that time, there were fam family and friends in the room because it was a it was hours long. And she um, recited the Lord's Prayer, let us in the Lord's Prayer. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So I always say my mother went from life to life. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful story. You know, Kathy, you, you, you're sharing here about 
your witness, your stance, your carrying the presence of God to your family. Yeah. And how it changed a moment and probably many, many moments. Mm -hmm. That was a season that it, it actually affected. Yes. But you've also been to many countries and you've served, you've ministered abroad. Can you share with us one of those moments that maybe really stick out in your mind of God's goodness, his power working, his love, something? Well, I did a lot of work with uh, Life, Life Today, Life Outreach, James and Betty Robinson. Oh, yeah. I got to go to Nicaragua, India, um, Africa. You know, it's one thing to see the commercials of the poverty across the world, but it's another thing to smell the smells, hold the children, see the see it face to face. Uh, I have so many stories. One that we were way into this village in India, and this woman saw me coming to her hut and she started sweeping the dirt before I entered her tar. She was sweeping the dirt. Wow. Not the, di the dignity, it, we're all made of the same thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. But it, it opened my heart to see, to see past um, the natural. But there was a little boy who was you know, the rooms, the rooms there, a lot of times they're in, I mean, it's like a closet shaped room with tarps and this boy was feverish and mm. um, just, he was so, so small for his age. I think he was six years old, but he looked like he was three. And I sat next to him and all I could do was weep at that he could, his pain could have been eradicated with um, a different, uh, comparing it to the United States and some of the wealth we experience here or other wealth all over the world. I think, I think sometimes when I think about Jesus saying the poor will always be with you, well, I think poverty could be eradicated, but he knew that, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't, all of us wouldn't get, you know, I believe poverty could be eradicated all over the world. Right. You know, the, Lord not, the Lord not only looks at what we give, he looks at what we keep. Exactly. So I was frustrated in that a lot of this poverty could be eradicated. Yes. I was thinking when I was looking at this kid, but he pointed to something on the wall and I kept on looking and it was a picture of his father. His grandmother was bringing him up. His two parents died of AIDS. Wow. Took it down and I held it and he started stroking his father's face. And I just wept, wept, wept. And of course I said, please shut the cameras, but they kept them rolling because wow. I think they thought my tears would bring in more money for the poor. And it did. But I think sometimes I get really frustrated that I think this this world there there could be less less poverty and less of yes. that devastation mm -hmm. if we all gave from our wealth. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Wow. Another another story real quick was yeah. a little boy. I was riding out of the village and I was, you know, we'd eat lunch real quick and I had a cookie in my hand 
and I rolled down the window and I gave him, it was a small cookie. I gave him the cookie. He called over his friend to split it with him. Oh, oh. oh my God. And, he, and I'm thinking to myself, we have a lot of kids that are stingy about their computers and their iPhones and their, yes. and here's this kid splitting a cookie with his starving friend. Wow. Well, stories like that, that make you, I, from the first time I went on the mission field and I came back and got in the shower, I thank God. Every time I'm in the shower, I thank God for that, the running water. And wow. like my, my whole perspective changed. Yeah. Yes. I could imagine. Whole perspective changed. Yeah. But even just that little boy, I, I think I would have started crying. It was so quick yeah. to give. He passed away about um, three weeks after we left. So, but the work they're doing there is incredible. Um, you know, it's nice to see when you really give that the money's going to where they say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Powerful, powerful experiences. And uh, I mean, you've definitely seen a lot. You've seen the hand of God and God has used you which is so beautiful. I think that's the best feeling in the world when um, you're, it's the one-on-ones with people. And even though sometimes you feel like, I don't know if you do, but I, I sometimes I think to myself, I didn't say the right thing, or I should have said this, or I should have done that. But then when I look back at how that person responded mm -hmm. and I remember how God moved, there is nothing like that. When God can use you to speak to someone right there. I mean, he used you in the mission field, but, you know, even here in America, like just on the streets and God will say, you know, speak to that person. Those are the best moments. Those are priceless. Those well, are the moments that I hold on to and every day say, God, just, just direct me, lead me. You're speaking my, my, my language right now. It's the biggest thing I think I talk about, um, maybe maybe in the last 10 15 years and this year is the 40th year of my ministry but god talked to me about this lila um a divine awareness is what i've been praying for girls mm, i love it and i think i get so frustrated because you could do all the bible studies in the world you could go to church every sunday you could even be in quote ministry mm -hmm. right. and not be aware. Exactly. And Jesus, my love, your love was a seer. He was a noticer. Yes. The woman with the issue of blood, there's a crowd of people on him and she touched him and he noticed. Zacchaeus in the tree pointed him out. The woman at the well, he went over to her and he got to her. He knew her heart. He pursued her in conversation. He didn't just go bing, bang, you know, did whatever she needed to do to be known. It was conversation. And sometimes I just said this recently at a woman's event. I said, when we're in restaurants or when we're at a, 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 a ca near with a cashier, we should, the, the littlest we should do is look them in the eye and say, hey, what's your name? Yes. Because then they become a soul. They're not a server. Right. Then they're a soul. 
And I said, even like, I love to notice tattoos. People love to talk about their tattoos. And at this woman's event, I mentioned that as an example. And these two ladies had come back from lunch and they said, Kathy, we did what you said. We asked our, our, our waiter, our waitress, her name and, sh and asked her about her tattoo. And it was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> I thought, this is like, this is like Christianity 101, but people don't think, you know, people don't think about that. Yes. I, I was next to a lady reading her Bible on the plane. I was so excited. See, I was like, oh yeah, look at her. And she didn't know where I was from. I could have been a Christian, non-Christian. I said, oh, you're reading the Bible. She went like this, no joke. Mm -hmm. Put her head down again. And I thought, <laughs> gee whiz. But I'm saying, what does it matter? How many boxes you check off to think that you're blessing God or right. You could take in and get as spiritually fat as you want and never do the will of God and never notice the will of God is reaching people. That's right. The will of God is getting out there every day and saying, Lord, show me who's next. Yeah. Right. Bring them to me or bring me across their path. But I yeah. love what you said. Divine awareness. Yeah. I call them, you know, God, my adventures in God or God assignments. But but to be aware of your surroundings, listening to the Holy Ghost, That's allowing right. him to direct you to the person who's hurting the most. It doesn't That's matter right. if they're put together in a suit or somebody on the right. side of the road, need, you know, needing help. Either way, there's there's people out there. Don't let don't let the outward appearance fool you. It's what's right. going on in the inside and God will show you, show, will show you, and then the words will come and you'll minister to them. Yeah. And nowadays, especially, and you know, I don't, we can go down the whole day talking about what's happening in the world right now. Right. But we want to get in, even on social media, we want to get in political conversations and we want to get in cultural conversations and all kinds of things. And I think if we just, and I know, you know, a lot of times I'll stay away from that, but I'm even talking about dinner tables, yes. and restaurant conversations. I've seen people get into it and they don't even know if the, per what the person does for a living, if they're married or single, if they have kids, maybe, you know, what's your favorite color, right. uh, being basic, but we want to talk about these things when, I mean, this is going to happen till we die and see him face exactly. to face. And and I think when you when you pay attention to someone's soul, when you pay attention to their heart, there's an inroad for them and us to share who they really are, and then we get to know why they believe what they believe. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's yes. that even banging banging the Bible, which it, the word is the word. And I love the word, but if we're banging it over someone's head, they'll never open it. They'll never, you know, so it's all about awareness. And Jesus was yes. the most aware. I mean, look at him. If I was him on the cross, I would be going, are you kidding me? <laughs> or Pilate, you know, he was quiet. Is, even as Italians, don't you want, you want to defend, you want to say, you want to, he didn't right. speak when he, he was a man of few words when he needed to be a man of few words. And he was a man of many words. Yeah. The father instructed him. Mm -hmm. 
And I think we just aren't, we don't listen enough. I'm, I'm on the front of the line. I'm trying to do that. Mm, I'm trying it. to, I've even gone back, humbled myself in, in a store or in a, gosh, I was a little rude. And, you know, just pay, paying attention. Yes. How we yes. are representing the God we love. That is so, so good. So, so good. Pay attention to how we are representing the God that we love. Yeah. I mean, we are, people, you know, people don't want to hear our words anymore, honestly. I mean, it's great when we can talk to them, but it's the interactions. They don't want to hear us preaching. It's the interactions. How do you hold yourself? How are you representing the God that we love and serve? Well, part of it is, and I start, I don't know if I'll ever finish, finish it, but I started this book, um, like with the title and it's just, it's just a working title, but it's like, um, uh, I make me more like Jesus. Just don't ask me to change. <laughs> got to finish I, the book. <laughs> it needs to be out there. <laughs> I think a lot of times, um, we're, we are spinning our wheels with that because we're not self-aware. We're not self. Look at, look at the apostle Paul. He wrote so much of the new Testament, right? All, all the story is incredible. But he, before he died, he, he talked about being um, the least of the saints. Then, he, then later on in his ministry, he said, I'm the least of the lesser of all the saints. Mm. And then before he died, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Mm. So even as, as Christians, we, we are to go from glory to glory, strength to strength. But it's a going up and it's going down, down in a holy way not in an unholy way, down in a holy way that goes, Lord, help me. Help me in the, in the areas that I won't have to say a word, but people will go, what is it in her? Yeah. Amen. That's so what good. We have, I've got to have what she That's has. Different. Yes. And, and we, you know, again, it's, we can live our whole lives and still what I call, you know, the grave clothes. You know, we walk around, we'll, we'll meet the Lord, we'll take the grave clothes off our arm, and then we'll go, oh, we're free. And what, you know, and our family and friends, you go and meet, we, don't you want Jesus? And they're going, you're more bound than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right. want all the grave clothes off, and we could get to 70s, 80s, 90s as Christians and still just have that one arm going around, going, talking about the freedom in Christ mm. because he invites us to die. Mm, right. And that's why a lot of other religions, belief systems, they're much easier to embrace. But Jesus invites us to die. And who yeah. wants to die? But once you right. taste that death and get to some of the resurrections, then you're getting it. Yes. Yeah. yes. I got it. And get to some of the resurrections, then you're getting it. Yeah. That's I love like it. it. I love it. All right. Well, I wanted to ask you, I have to ask you, <laughs> I listened to the song, My Savior Singing, and my son and I were listening to it. And um, there was such a peace and comfort that came over both of us as we were listening mm -hmm. to that song. It was beautiful. Um, the heart string started playing, the violin. Mm -hmm. It was just something really, not just the anointing, but also just something so peaceful about that song. Tell us what that song means to you and what were you feeling as you were uh, making that song, creating that song? 
Well, I've been writing a lot and thank you for um, acknowledging it. And I mean, I'm glad that you love it because I love it too. I, th I think it's one of the best things I've written and it's been with uh, Dr. Michelle Margiata, my piano player, guitar player of 10 years. She's an amazing orchestrator and worship leader. And we started about uh, four years ago. I mean, I've done a lot of pop Christian stuff, as you know, songs that I love, like Go Light Your World and My Life Is In Your Hands. My Life Is In Your Hands is a little touch of the orchestration that I love. I, I love this big melodies yeah. that feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and I told Michelle, I said, you know, I'd really start, I really think we should be writing more of those type of tunes. I'm not sure they'll get on the radio, but they're, they're more um, movie-esque, theater-esque songs, big mm -hmm. songs. And so um, she was writing in my office one day and she said, um, she calls me Frankie because of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> she said, Frankie, you know that uh, Zephaniah 317? And I said, you know, God rejoices over us with singing. She goes, I think I have an idea. And she started playing it, you know. I can hear the melody, voice uh. whispering, sounding clearer than anything. It's my savior. Uh, that was the start of us writing that those type of songs, and we have we have um, a lot in the lineup that we want to do. Um, and you can find it, your listeners can find it under my name and uh, my savior singing on YouTube. I'm actually, I actually started doing something called Songs and Sparks. Yes, I saw that. I yeah. Saw that. Yeah. Because I want to, um, I want to, I started speaking, uh, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago, started speaking more and sharing and people would invite me to speak and sing, which mm -hmm. I started. I mean, I was a club singer sitting on a bar stool. Little did I know I'd be singing for Jesus and that people would ask me to preach a little bit. Right. But um, so I'm just starting it this year where I'm going to I'm going to. And you saw it on My Savior Singing where I'll share a little bit. And then that's the spark yeah. and then go into the song. So good, the spark. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And I'm and I, I'm for the brokenhearted. You mentioned it, girls, but I'm for the brokenhearted. I'm for those who need comfort. Yes. And um, I want to write that way, and I want to express. Beautiful, that. beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah. Kathy, you have encouraged us so much. I mean, it's just like a wealth. Every time we ask you a question, it, it's just been these golden nuggets of encouragement. Um, and the one thing that has struck me the most about you. Um, every time I talk to you, something I can get choked up about because it's really, it, um, it's done something to my heart from the first time we started talking. You never stopped dreaming and you never stopped trying. And it has been such an encouraging thing for me. So when I talk to you, it's like, oh yeah, um, I started working on this. I had this song in my heart and um, I began working on a musical for children. I'm like, 
what? Wow. And then she's like, so then I wrote this book and now I'm speaking. And then I got this song in my heart. And now, then I decided she'd be Sparks. And, and I'm like, she never stops dreaming and she never stops doing. You have, you know, you've accomplished so much in your life. You would think that at some point someone may stop and just say, you know, I'm just going to retire now. I'm going to enjoy the work that I've done. And, you know, mm -hmm. but God has still so much inside of you and you allow it to come out. I just want you to encourage the listeners because I know just from listening to you talk about it and, and like listening to you talk about your life, how it's encouraged me. Mm -hmm. Can you encourage our listeners about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for noticing that. I do need to say um, I'm slowing down a little bit in the sense of the road. 40 years is a long time. Wow. And so I've gotten a little tired of, um, but I, I'm, I'm still doing concerts and events, but I'm, I'm leaning into creating the music I want to create and expressing it the way I want to express, as you can tell with my savior singing, it's mm. very different than stuff I've done. And so um, I thank God uh, that I, have the opportunity to do that. I do have a nonprofit that if, if I didn't have people helping me, I wouldn't be able to still be doing the music. So I want to say you can go to Go Light Your World Foundation. If people want to join me on the songs and sparks because it's getting out to thousands of people um, in helping me. That's mostly going to be my ministry now. Like people are doing podcasts. Right. I'm going to do songs and sparks. Love it. I'm going to speak and sing. I think what I want to say is we could, God has never wanted us to live um, in um, a small territory. Mm. What I mean by that is sometimes, and again, I'm around, I've been a single woman, never had kids. I have close kids, now grownups, that I've been around through people I love, yeah, that yeah. I've aunted and I've mothered. But a lot of times I feel like, and I could just speak to my, just my age women right now, where you kind of are like around the grandchildren a lot. You're, you're doing your family and you're, and that, I think that's beautiful. I do. And I don't have that. But sometimes I feel like we, we, when I say small territory, we forget to be kingdom minded in a time where we feel like you know, you've heard the term, not retirement, refirement. It's never the end. Mm, of, right. With the gospel, with the kingdom of God, it's never the end. God refires you. You could be on your deathbed and say something to someone that will change their life, will alter their life forever. Mm. So sometimes yeah. I just want to encourage people every day when they get up to go today, Lord, what is it that you'd have me do today? So good. That's so good. Put it, you know, like I often say, and, and I, I know some women that are just inundated with just taking care of their grandchildren. I'm going to just use that. Mm. And sometimes I want to go, did you ask God, maybe someone else could watch them today. Did you ask, maybe you, I'm doing a stereotype. Maybe you're supposed to serve at a soup kitchen and look in the eyes of those that don't have what you have to the to the person that's been the the you know that's that's going 
I don't have this gift like that. You know, let's get, get off the grandmother thing. I don't have her gift. I didn't do what she did. I don't have what there. God speaks to us so intimately and so in detail. I promise you, if you ask him, what do you have me do today? What will you have me do in this season of my life? Mm. He will show you. A lot of times we have to take the first step. That's yeah. right. That is right. But before doing anything, I want to encourage people, like I said before, let him do the work in you that he wants to do to incorporate the life of his son. Mm. Before you see him face to face, let him get in that basement. Let him get in the attic where you never let him come in. Mm. He's gentle. He will speak. He will bring the light into that darkness. Yeah. And why I'm saying that is what you're asking him for, you need freedom for. Mm. And that, and, and, and that will be the beginning of a new journey for you. Saying, mm. And we, we still, we still can, we still can hide in those places that um, we've done our job our whole life. We've done this. And yet he's going, no, I have, I have something else for you during this time. Yeah. And it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Mm. Does that make, does that make sense? It does. And I feel like it speaks to so many um, for myself. Um, the part that's so encouraging is what you're saying too, is that you never, God is never, he, he, He's never done. So I've gotten started late, I feel like, in life. I know I'm right on time, right in God's season. But in the natural, I look and I say, you know, I'm not the young mom. I'm, you know, my kids are playing with other kids whose moms are in their 30s or their 20s. And I here I come to the baseball game, you know, like, sometimes I feel like old granny. And, <laughs> you know, and so then I think to myself, it's okay. I'm right on time. I'm right in God's purpose. But then I think, but when I'm done raising my kids or when, you know, is there, I know that there's going to be more, but watching you makes me realize I'm going to keep dreaming and Amen. I'm going to keep working in the kingdom because as you were saying, he, let him get into those attic spaces. Let him, you know, rake up the old dead leaves and find out what is the good soil in there that he wants to do something more with. Well, and let me say this, Elisa, the story of the paralytic in scripture, sitting by the healing pool, sitting by the healing pool. What did Jesus say to him? Do you remember? Uh, I just actually just read this. Um, he said, get up. Get up and yeah. He, he said, said, I haven't been able to go to the pool. Jesus said, get up. Mm. The first thing we want to do before we dream scheme, let him get at your person to put his person in. I can't say that because you're, you're going to be doing things that don't have the power of God on them or the glory of God on them because you still have the grave clothes on. Right. You're not going to know what's really wrong, but it's the death part. Mm. So I would say, Elisa, continue. As your kids are growing, let them have at you. Mm. Let them make me what you've made me, God. Yeah. And, you know, and then you start looking at what am I, what are my true passions? What mm -hmm. am I, what, what would I like to do? You know, yeah. it, could, it could be anything that God, God could use anything. Yeah. The smallest to the biggest gifts on us. 
to advance the kingdom of God. Yes, that's right. I'm going to, you know, look at this. Look at, I'm, and I'm going, I, I look at your life and I go, beautiful husband, beautiful kids. You've watched the, you know, I had a friend when I was on the road when I was younger. She wanted to be a counselor. She's just retiring now, but she, she couldn't be a counselor. She had three boys in three years. She she said, Coley, she called me Coley. I'm going to watch the, while you see the glory of God fall on the audience, I'm going to watch the glory of God fall on three little boys. Amen. Oh, beautiful. Two mothers, you know, you do your, you know, you show them what God, what Jesus looks like as a mother. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. As you have him get at you, he'll go, you'll go, you know, I think, I think that really seems interesting. Or I've mm-hmm. always loved, but you know, you don't look at the big, you know, you don't look at the big picture. You look first here with Jesus. And then, you know, Jesus bang, Jesus banged nails for years. Right. That's right. right. Before God said, now's the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, there's there's so much that's coming your way. And, and it's never too late. Want to know. Never too late. No. You know what? I haven't. I haven't had the biggest career in the world. And sometimes I've gone, hey, I wonder why I couldn't have been Celine Dion or, you know, we, I have to, like everybody does, I have to trust God that he's protected me from some things. Mm. But he's also used a lot of the pain in my life to bring his son into my heart in ways I wouldn't have had him before. Right. Because a lot of times with successes and mountaintop things, we just celebrate. We put the flag down and we celebrate. It's in the valley, in the thinking, in the praying, in the that that the 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 gospel, the life of God is nurtured in those mm-hmm. places because we we have to look up and we don't look around, we look up. Yeah, so good. So good. Um I know I, I'm just going to, did you have something else to say, Lee? No. Okay. Um, I know that you had spoken about Zephaniah 317. <clears throat> and Elisa and I love that scripture. We actually speak it over our women many times at the end of each show. And I came across this translation. It's called the God translation. And it says, the Lord, your God is with you. He is a hero who saves you. Mm. And that jumped out at me because you know, the human race, we're always looking for a hero. There's a hero in the movies. There's a hero in love stories. Wherever you look, there's always a hero saving someone. But the great thing is we're fortunate enough and blessed enough to know the real hero. And that yeah. would be Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Jesus is a hero. He will come. He will save you. He will redeem you. He will restore your life. He will forgive you. I could go on and on. But that scripture says so much, especially to hurting women or let's just say people in general. Mm -hmm. He surrounds you with his love. He rejoices over you with gladness. Why? Because he's your heavenly father. And if you don't know Jesus, this is what he wants for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. Come to him and he will surround you with his love. He will be your hero and save you from the depths of destruction. Amen. Yes. That scripture does so much for me, but I've listened to you talk about it. And I want you to share 
your thoughts on that scripture to close the show out, because I want the women to hear what you have to say about it. I've heard it. And I think it's, I love what you had to say. Well, I, um, I'm so still, I met the Lord in 78, gave my life to the Lord. I'm still amazed by that love you just talked about. What happens in this life is we come through our mother's womb and we start our lives and we judge God's love by how much or how little we will love by our mother or father or friends or husband or child. And his love is incomparable. His love has saved me from addictions, saved me from, I was bulimic for 10 years. I didn't abuse laxatives. I mean, I didn't abuse um, the purging, but I use laxatives. If you see pictures of me on tour with Michael W. Smith, I was so swollen from the abuse of the laxatives. And I often say our gifts could be intact, but we could be a mess. Right. And so I sang my heart out, but I was 10 years suffering and letting God have at that. When I was challenged by a friend, let him getting in those dark places. Why did I do that? What was my pain? I suffered with depression. My mother used to say, my Kathleen got here sad. And I didn't know I had a serotonin problem. And I, I've, I've um, using a small amount of antidepressant has helped me. That doesn't mean it's, I mean, we're living in a day and age where you take a pill for everything. And right. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying, don't, don't be ashamed if you need help with hormones or emotions or the yeah. level of things that are happening in your body. I claimed bankruptcy at 30 years old to get out of a bad relationship with a manager and it was shaming and it was awful and he's provided for me and I could go on and on and on and on. Jesus doesn't love like anything else we, anyone else or anything else we have known. Right. He, he does bring us to new places. I would not, sometimes I wish my parents could just have dinner with me to mm. see what's become of their daughter's heart mm. because of the love of Jesus. You're never too far to be picked up by God and held against his heart. There's nothing you have, you will do that will ever shun his way, his love away from you. Apostle Paul was on his way to kill more Christians and God saved him. That's right. <laughs> The Lord's love is amazing. I love that he will talk about being our father at the same time that he talks about being our bridegroom. At the same time, he talks about being our brother. And Mm. at the same time, he talks about being our friend. He's all things to all people. That's right. And if we could just get past what we know in the natural, we go where we have a short time on this earth. Some of us die in the womb. Some of us die at 100 years old. But if we can understand that there's so much going, so much more going on in the spiritual realm and he works and weaves behind the scenes. It was an awful day when Jesus was being crucified. But three days later, there was a resurrection. We don't see and know as he does, but he's always for us. He's always reaching for us. He's always yes. away if we will let him. Yes. Make me what you've made me. Bring into my life what you want to bring in. Take out what you don't, don't hold on to things so tightly 
that he's got a prime. Don't he's not he doesn't want to prime away from your hands. He wants you to release it in celebration and go, you know what's best. Yeah. I've had to learn that. It's hard. We all want to be masters of our own universe. That's right. <laughs> Instead of giving it to the God of the one who made it. Right. That's right. That's right. Wow. Amen. Well, this has been amazing. I mean, you have given so many nuggets for us to just really think about, ponder, just kind of soak it in. And a lot of times what we do is we take little mini clips from the show. We're going to have a thousand. <laughs> I sat here thinking I'm the one who makes the clips and I'm like, she makes the well, clips. I don't know how I'm going to choose because I'll this is that, rich. I'll clip that. I'll clip that. This That's has okay. been right. Really yeah. rich. Full. Rich. I mean, Kathy, you have really poured your heart out and I know the women are going to be so blessed and ministered to. When and I so pray over your, may I pray over your listeners? Yes, please. Oh, what a oh, it's yes. It's really tough times. Yes. Oh Lord, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, even talking about how you see. I just felt compelled, I know, whether it's one or two or ten or a hundred women that are watching today. Yeah. Such incredible times. Could be confusing times. Yes. People are talking about you in all kinds of ways. People are deconstructing their faith. People are angry. People are torn. People are just moving in all kinds of directions. It's like a light goes on and the cockroaches scatter. We're just mm -hmm. we're just like frightened squirrels in the street running everywhere and so many not running to you but i know that there's women listening right now yes that are really struggling and that i pray that you will touch them with your husband love no matter if they're married or not they're your bridegroom they're your girl touch them with your husband love father touch them whether they've had a good father or not a good father or abusive father, touch them with your holy, pure father love. Yes. Touch them as their best friend this day. Yes, yes, yes. With your friend above all friends love. Touch them, God. Put your hope in their heart. You are close to the brokenhearted and you save all of us crushed in our spirits. And you've certainly saved me and will continue to save me and Lila and Elisa, when we're crushed in our spirit, when we're brokenhearted, yes. you, save yes. us. you save us and you bring us out of the tomb and you let us breathe fresh air again. And I pray that for the women that are hurting right now, that don't know where to turn, that are tired, that are weary, that you breathe your breath yes. into the very DNA of their selves and that you fulfill every purpose You've intended for their life and for those they love since you knit, them, you knit them in their mother's womb. Yes. God, more than ever, send out your warring angels. Yes. And especially America right now. Yes, Lord. To fight for your kingdom. Jesus, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you'll have the last say. Yes, Lord. And yes. Yes. Lord. Last and final say. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. wow. Ladies, uh, you will not only be able to watch the entire show, you're probably at at the time that you're listening to this, you'll be watching the entire show. But we are going to continue to put out mini clips because there's just so many things that we can take from this show today that yeah. will help to breathe life into your spirit and give you hope. And um, and Elisa and I look forward to coming back and doing another Sorella Live. We want you all to know that we love you. We bless you. We're going to give yeah. you uh, avenues as to where you can find Kathy Tricoli and, yeah. and link up with her. And, uh, and in the meantime, we send you all love. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for joining us today for Sorella Live. We pray that you have been empowered and encouraged. We'll see you next time for Sorella Live with the Cuoco Sisters.